0: You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis. I'm recording this before the Indians play tonight. I know it's a little bit of sacrilege, but with the Roberto Perez news coming out and with the twin series to me being the more important series... I figured we would instead use this as a podcast to jump over and look at the Twins game, look at that series, and then just talk about Perez and what the Indians could do if Roberto Perez is going to be out for an extended period of time. Because right now, uh, as we talked about on last night's show, Sandy Leone and um, Bo Taylor is just not going to cut it. Uh, It's not going to even remotely cut it. It is going to be a very bad situation for the Cleveland Indians, if that is what they're looking at in that, at their catching position. So Perez has been uh, officially placed on the injured list. And Daniel Johnson is now back with the Indians due to that. So we don't know what he's going to miss. We know that uh, I mean Prez has been almost injured or hurting for a year straight, it feels like. So that's a big deal. Uh, losing him and not having anyone in place to replace him is, it's just, it's a blow to this team. So what do you do? Well, if you look at the free agent market, which I went through and looked at, it is ugly at catcher. Uh, the, the top names, like Devin Morasco is retired, Brian McCann, retired. So who's left out there? Who is legitimately out there? Uh, Jonathan Lucroy is going to be let go. And I know that's eliciting a lot of people's responses after Lucroy refused to come to Cleveland and then agreed to go to the Rangers. Uh, Lucroy is an odd player, just statistically, to look up. I was looking at those numbers as I looked at him. You know, 2012, 13, 14, the guy was awesome. 2015, he takes this step back. He rebounds in that 2016 year, and that was essentially his last good season. He's had some ups. He's had some downs, but he doesn't make sense to the Indians at this point in time because he does not bring a whole lot with the bat. It, there's nothing special there in terms of production. You're not getting great offensive value, and he brings nothing behind the plate. He's not a good framer. He does not have good pop times. He's not good at handling a staff. So, you're getting nothing that's above average. You're getting a, a below-average bat, a below-average defender. It's, it's not worth it. The other free agents of note, uh, Jesus Sucre has bounced around a lot. He's basically a Bo Taylor. Uh, not much there, but the other guy to really consider at this point in time is Russell Martin. Russell Martin played for the Dodgers a year ago, and as I stated, he's currently a free agent. He appeared in 83 games for the Dodgers, uh, was a below-average bat for the Dodgers, And you're not going to get a whole lot of offensive production. But what Russell Martin can still do is frame. And he was 10th in baseball last year in pitch framing, which, again, 10th of all the recorded catchers. was a smaller sample size compared to others. But at least that is a skill they would still have. He's a veteran. He's been around. Um, At this point in time, you're not getting the guy who was an all-star for a few years. Uh, He hasn't even been league average since about 2015. He was close to league average on 2016 and 2017. In the last two years, he's tailing off more and more. But those were age 35 and 36. So, how much faith do you have in a guy who's already 37, who's going to be 38 um, in February? That that's that's your question. Uh, I think he is a better option than what they have, though. Uh, I'll be honest; he's a better framer than Sandy Leone. He put up better offensive numbers than Leone. Uh, Bo Taylor, I don't have a lot of trust or faith in. So those are your free agents. Uh, There's essentially one guy out there even worth considering. What about trades? So Jan Gomes is a name to consider, the Washington Nationals. Uh, He's currently a backup. Obviously, Indians fans know him quite well. He is only making a million dollars this year. He's making uh, less than Leone, but he makes $6 in 2021, which would become an issue. Uh, again, anything like this is, if you're considering a trade, it's about how much, uh, how long Perez is going to be out and the effect of that. So who else has catching depth? Well, the San Diego Padres have the best pitch framing catcher in baseball in Austin Hedges, but Austin Hedges hits like a pitcher, and that's been his problem. He is currently their backup to our old friend uh, Francisco Mejia, who is struggling offensively and defensively as well, which makes them less likely to move hedges. Because again, while he is not good in terms of his offensive production, uh, last three years where he was you know, basically a starter, uh, his runs created plus 69-90-47. In uh, terms of his OPS during that time, if you want just uh, a different type of number, well, I don't have that directly in front of me, but how about we go with on-base percentage? Uh, 262, 282, 252. For his career, he is a 200 hitter. He's really bad. He can't hit at all, but he is an excellent, excellent defender. Maybe the best defensive catcher in baseball. So maybe you consider that. Uh, The White Sox have catching depth, but you're not making a trade with the White Sox. So I bounced around, paused the podcast as I was kind of doing this to try to figure out what would make sense. And there's not a lot of great options when you're being honest. You You look at some teams that aren't good trying to see if maybe they would move a catcher, looking at who's gonna be a free agent in 2021, who's like a lesser candidate. Would Detroit move Austin Romine? Yeah, is he an improvement? I'm not sure. uh, Tyler Flowers, he's a backup in Atlanta. Could be someone else to consider. Uh, Those are the names that pop up. But I'd like to throw out another name. Uh, As I was going through and digging, there was one player that kind of stood out for me a little bit more than the rest, and that's Chance Sisko in Baltimore. Now, if you remember Cisco, former high pick, a second rounder, former top 100 prospect who hasn't got hasn't quite come together the way I think people were hoping for. I mean, I if he's a top 100 catcher you're expecting a starter and he has not been a starter so far. And honestly, he lost the gig last year to Pedro's uh Cervino after the Baltimore claimed him from the Nationals. So what has Cisco done in the majors? Well, in his so far about 134 games, 408 plate appearances. Uh, he's hit 202 with a 324 on base, a 355 slugging, and an 87 WRC plus with a negative defensive value. But that's not quite a full picture. Now, he does strike out a lot. That's going to be one of the first things you have to talk about. And that is your big chance Cisco concern. But he also changed his swing, and his swing change resulted in a almost doubling of his barreled percentage from a year ago. His exit velocity may not have been up, but he's also someone who walks over 10% of the time. Uh, Just looking at all those predictive baseball savant numbers, his numbers were up in 2019. It was a limited opportunity, but his numbers were much improved uh, compared to the year before. And in spite of all this, you're looking at a kid who's just turned 25, I believe, this year. This is his age 25 season. uh, Turned 25 in February. So you have multiple years of control. If this works out, it could be an ideal extra catcher. And if you're curious about pitch, curious, if you're curious about, you know, I talked about pitch framing and how Luke Roy is really bad at that. Uh, Chancisco is 59th percentile. So he's not great. He's not awful. He's a little above average. I'll take that. Over his career, he's been almost a league average bat and a slightly above average framer. This all sounds great to me. Again, this all matters how long Roberto Perez is out on one level, but then uh, just having a reliable backup catcher that isn't the system of guys they have used where they're getting absolutely no production, if anything does happen that they're left completely high and dry, uh, that that is also a concern and an issue. So, I mean, having a reliable backup isn't the worst thing. Maybe someone who can, uh, if you work with him, turns into more than that or can turn into a guy that you use in other roles in addition to that. Cisco has not been the hitter most of us expected in the big leagues, but there are reasons to consider him as maybe the the best catcher available because he can hit some, he can defend some, he has years of control, he is still developing, and we're seeing improvements, and he is most importantly a backup, and that allows him to be someone that a team like Baltimore that's still far away from contending would maybe consider moving on from. Start your morning with the news that matters in just 10 minutes. Axos, today's host, Nyla Budu, and a team of award-winning journalists will bring you the latest analysis and insight into the trend shaping our world. We're sponsored today by CBMD. I have been talking about our fantastic and really interesting new sponsor for over a week now. There are two big items a CBD Freeze with menthol, and it's an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief from muscles and joints in a convenient, easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recovery, which combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds to give you the support you need where it matters most. And they're making it even easier to try out this amazing duo of topicals and everything else on cbmd.com, including things for your pet. And they're offering all of our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. Again, this is a very important sponsor to us because it's LOCKEDONMLB-specific. So if you've ever been curious about CBD... Uh, Products. if you currently use CBD products, here is a chance to save 25%. That's a huge savings. That's one of our biggest discounts ever. So you're going to go to CBDMD right now, use the promo code LOCKDOWNMLB, and their website also advertises free shipping. So fantastic deals all around. Go there right now and check them out. So we talked about the mess that is catching. Uh, The mess that is catching is a mess just in baseball in general. Uh, When I've done the research, the hardest to develop position catcher, uh, the riskiest position catcher. They always talk about, you know, uh, pitching being so risky. It's not, not compared to the catching position. Catcher is a higher bust rate than pitchers, and it's one of those situations where when you have one, you need to be thankful while you have it. It's almost like having an elite tight end in football. Um, It can take your offense to a new level when you have one, and when you don't have one at all, you're just cycling names through there trying to make it work. Uh, so it's like when the Giants had Buster Posey at peak. That was like being New England with, uh, with Gronkowski. And if you're the team that can put that combination together, uh, it just it elevates your whole lineup, your whole team so much. But that's the catcher position. Let's, uh, let's now go and do our preview of the Minnesota Twins. The Twins are a really good team. Uh, that should come as no surprise that they're a really good team. They won the division a year ago. And they're a team that's built on a, a good mix of homegrown talent and smart trades and free agency. Uh, it's interesting to like, look at their roster and realize that Marwin Gonzalez, who is someone that I kind of lusted after for the Indians two years ago, isn't even currently a starter for them. He's kind of a super utility role. That's how good the Twins are. And just in terms of depth, I mean, Alex Avila had a really good year a year ago, and now he's their backup catcher. It's, it, they're a very good team. So let's just, without further ado, let's dive into this. So when you're looking at a comparison between the Indians and the Minnesota Twins, we should talk about injuries, right? Well, right now, uh, William Astilio, who was the kind of one of their top uh, utility players, he is out with COVID. And then Jake Odorizzi is currently out with a strained intercostal. So that takes away one of their top pitchers. On top of that, when we're just talking about starters... No Michael Pineda this year uh, because of him being suspended for performance enhancers. It's similar to the Emmanuel Class A situation where they thought they were going to get him back, but they're not. So this is a team that already had pitching concerns and woes, at least in my opinion, and it got even worse with that. Uh, So let's start with the hitters. Let's, Let's just do our natural progression, right? Let's start a catcher. So Mitch Garver versus Roberto Perez, I would have... Probably given the Indians the advantage, even though Garver was the better uh, hitter a year ago, did more in the batter's box because of what Perez brought as a defender. With the Indians down, Perez in this series, uh, even though Garver has started out pretty slow this year, and when you look at his production last year, was likely a bit of a, a unicorn season that he's probably not going to be able to match what he did. Uh, there's the history of him; it isn't that he is that type of hitter. The year before in a similar sample size, for instance, he uh, was about a league average bat. And then last year, he just exploded, which is kind of the weird thing. It's that the home runs went from 7 to 31, uh, a, a huge jump that uh, I don't think you know, there's no one who anticipated that. In the minors, he had a high of like 17, 16. He had good power. The 17 was an only 88 games, so maybe you thought there was some of that. And he's another one of those guys who maybe was never a top prospect. Bilica's production, every single year, was high in the minors. We probably should have been higher on Mitch Garver than uh, we were as evaluators, people who do that. But Garver's offense, uh, even if it's slowed down right now, is going to be much better than anything the Indians get. So we're going to put it up to the Twins right now. Moving to first base. So that's Miguel Sano versus Carlos Santana. Um, this is an interesting one. Uh, you know, Cassano... And I know I'm butchering his name. He you know, was a big name, big price signing. And he's had some good numbers with the Twins, but he's not played in a lot of games over the years. His high is 116, 105 a year ago, 71 the year before that. He's just been unable to stay healthy. Big power, uh, walks a lot, but strikes out a lot. A free swinger and a pretty terrible defender even at first base. So I would give the Indians an edge here because Carlos Santana offensively is going to give you similar offensive production, Um, not as much, not as many home runs, but Carlos Santana is going to play in more games. He's going to give you a little bit more in the field uh, and he's going to strike out less though. The walk rates might be comparable actually. Uh, So I, I give the Indians an edge there, but I would understand a push and, uh, If he develops, I mean, I need to check his age. There's always the chance that he could turn into an absolute star. 27 years of age, so he's getting more towards the end of that developmental uh, pathway. But uh, the bigger thing is just him staying healthy for the Twins. So right now, you give the Indians an edge over a full season because availability matters. Moving to second base, uh, Cesar Hernandez versus Luis Adres. Now, Adres... Is another guy who, you know, wasn't on my radar before his season a year ago. He had been—I uh, mean, I basically knew him as the guy who had been suspended for performance-enhancing drugs. He was one of those players, and then he came out and hit—what uh, did he hit a year ago? Uh, three thirty-four. Now his bat-pip is ridiculously high—a uh, three fifty-five bat-pip. He's always had high numbers in the minors, and guys who are fast tend to have higher uh, bat-pip numbers, but we do see that more or less tend to equalize a bit and the fact that like his he's playing well this year but his bat pip and his average are equal is a uh, this is a sign that he's probably been a little bit lucky um, on the whole he's an okay defender from what I've found I, I would give the twins the advantage here I think Cesar Hernandez is an average second baseman maybe slightly above average I think You know, If everything's working out, and again, we've got, what, 95 total games for him in the big. So it's a very small sample size uh, to see what uh, what Ariz will do. But uh, right now, I think that is an advantage to the Twins. But that's the thing we're going to talk about with a lot of these Twins guys. It's kind of, we haven't, you know, Sano hasn't stayed healthy. Garver has not been a full season. Ariz, not a full season. Shortstop. Uh, Polanco. Really strong season for them. A year ago, another one of those guys was kind of uh, a surprise. Now, maybe I was wrong. I should correct myself. Was it Polanco who had the uh, the suspension? There was a few suspensions with the Twins. Uh, Polanco had been a backup. In 2017, he appeared in 133 games. And then before that, his next highest was 77. And he had been okay uh, the previous year. The they, He had shown enough to get that opportunity to start in 2019. it was a fantastic year for him. Offensive production off the charts. 20 home runs. uh, Walked 8.5% of the time. Hit for a a strong average. Really high-level production for them at the shortstop position. Average defense. Now, of course, the Indians win this. (laughs) They have Francisco Lindor. So in our straight matchup with these two teams, we uh, we have a tie through uh, shortstop. Moving to third base... This is a, maybe the, the biggest debate you can have because Josh Donaldson has been so good over the course of his career. Uh, he has been one of the best hitters in baseball for large chunks of it. Um, but do you take him or Jose Ramirez? Uh, I'm going to give this one a push. Maybe it's a cop out. Um, Donaldson is, you know, maybe starting out a little slow to some people's eyes because the low average. But the rest of the production is right in line. His runs created plus is, is looking good. He's, he's still one of the better hitters in baseball. Uh, Jose Ramirez has been fantastic to start. I'm considering third base a push. These are just two elite level players, and it's hard to, to nitpick between the two of them and say this guy's better than that guy. Moving to the outfield. Now this is where the Twins are going to clean up. Uh, Buxton versus uh, Mercado. Now Buxton has been hurt, so he, he hasn't played in quite as many games. Uh, This year, but I would take Buxton over Mercado. Um, I think they're going to have similar offensive ceilings, and Buxton's speed is just such an elevator, and he plays high level defense out there. Uh, So I I would give Buxton the advantage. Moving to left field, uh, Eddie Rosario is not much of a defender, but he hits the ball hard. He's an offensive force in the lineup. That's an advantage to the Minnesota Twins. And Max Kepler, on a lot of teams, would be a solid center fielder. Instead, he is a very productive right fielder. That is advantage Twins. So the Twins end up with a significant advantage in this one when you look across the diamond. They don't have a weak position. They don't have a spot where you're like, oh, they could look to upgrade there. Unless someone gets hurt, or unless one of these guys who has a short, smaller like career sample comes back to earth hard they're set up well you know we talked about their nine guys there's no weakness and then you have a guy like marwin gonzalez on the bench who would absolutely start for the indians right now and would start for a lot of teams in baseball and that is their 10th person uh and they have more you know just interesting players interesting prospects in the lower minors that uh, and in the upper minors who should get an opportunity the big thing, I mean, honestly, at some point, someone like Eddie Rosario flipping him for pitching. If, if the Twins weren't in the same division with the Indians, there would be a sense level for them making a trade down the road because of all the bats versus the lack of arms the Twins have. But since they are in the same division and they're going to be fu- uh, competing, that's not going to work. So quickly, when you get into the rotation, Jose Barrios is a very good pitcher, all-star level type of guy. Uh, I would still take Bieber over him, though Varios has the better stuff. Bieber is a little bit safer. Number two, probably Kenta Maeda. If you remember, two years ago, I was talking about how the Indians should consider trading for him because the contract is so ridiculously team friendly. Uh, eventually, in the rework of the bets deal, he ends up with the Twins, where, he's, uh, where he was there in the original working of it. But even in the rework, he stays. And again, he's more of a back-end starter, but he's a solid starter with a really good team-friendly contract who misses bats. Uh, Clevenger versus him, that's a pretty easy decision. Uh, Rich Hill, has I don't believe he has pitched yet, but I would probably consider him the third best option on this team, even at age 40. Uh, he had offseason surgery wasn't going to get a chance to pitch until June so the COVID situation ended up not affecting him outside of he probably signed for less money than he would have gotten if teams had known he wasn't going to actually miss any games but again Hill versus Carrasco you're going to take Carrasco uh, I would make Randy Dobnik the fourth uh, purely a back-end guy not an ideal player to run out there all the time uh, in that he takes a ball, and in the fifth spot, Homer Bailey was not good a year ago, and he has not been good for a while. Uh, when the Twins went out of their way to sign him, that was just a sign that they are uh, so weak when it comes to starting pitching. Uh, it almost doesn't matter if it's Plutko or if it's act The Indians have the advantage there. So the Indians have five advantages in the pitching rotation against the Twins. So at this point, the Indians are net up two, uh, or if you just consider pitching one, then they're down too, which I could see either way you want to look at that. And when it comes to the bullpen, uh, I probably prefer the Twins. I don't love their pen either. Uh, Rogers is a better closer than, than Hand, and uh, Romo was pretty solid for them a year ago. They added Tyler Clippard, who was one of the more reliable Indians pitchers. I've been a Lewis Thorpe fan for a while. And you know, Devin Smeltzer is essentially their version of Plutko. Uh, it's a position they could look to improve. I mean, just in general, they could look to improve their pitching. Maybe a net push at the position. Uh, the Indians have some arms that could give them some upside. Uh, but yeah, I don't love either team's pen. So uh, our friend uh, Zan Zanner asked me about, like, what's the X factor in these series? Is. And when I look at this, I mean, the Twins' X factor is pitching. They don't have um, a lot of it. They, they have, like, one pitcher that I am even maybe too remotely intimidated by. And when you look at their top prospects, you know, Royce Lewis is still probably about a year away, maybe more so. Uh, Trevor Larnock could maybe help them sooner rather than later. Alex Kirloff. Um, there's, uh, Johan Duran is closer to helping them. Lewis Thorpe is in the, the majors. Uh, Jordan... Um I mean, I was a big Stephen Gonslaves fan, and he has just bounced around and has not worked out. I thought he was going to be a, just a reliable back end lefty, but most of their top prospects are, you know, more bats. So I think for the Twins, they are a team that needs to be looking and trying to figure out trades that make sense for them in terms of adding pitching. Like a year ago, when Diamondbacks got multiple years of control of uh, Zach Gallen by trading a, a, an outfield prospect. That's maybe what the Twins should be doing. That's that's where they should be right now. They're X factors. They have a you know a strong minors, but that pitching is is a situation that needs a lot of work. They need to see what they have, and if any of these other players can end up uh, coming through and being a choice for them. But I mean, the the lineup is so good, it, but it has to overcome the pitching. And that's that's kind of my take on the Twins versus Indians for this year. This was a long one. Uh, talk to me too much on the catchers at the beginning. Tomorrow, we will talk about uh, what happened in the, uh, the games that have occurred since this recording. I've been Jeff Ellis. I hope you enjoyed my thoughts on catchers. Chance Cisco, huh? Maybe. Uh, Russell Martin, those are the two names I would leave. But again, I've been Jeff Ellis. You've been fantastic, and you are what makes this podcast work, run, and go. And as always, go Tribe!